this podcast contains adult content. Please use your discretion around children. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Kelly Faust-McCann. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's an educator on love and relationships. She's also a mother and co-parent to two children and some dying plants. Many dying plants. Hi, Kelly. Hi, honey. Hi, Joan. Hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> you guys, I wish everyone could know Kelly. She will wow you on every level of like <laughs> life. You have so much to say, and you're so positive. Um, and I'm really glad you're here today because I think we need to go behind closed doors. We need to talk about sex. Yes, we do. We need to talk about relationships. Yes, we do. And I know you know off the record know a lot of stuff that's real. <laughs> that's really, really going on. Yes. I, well, I love my job because being a therapist, you get to hear people's real lives and they trust you enough because you're legally bound to hold their confidentiality. So I think people feel more free to get very real. And I feel very honored to get to hold space for just the the truth that comes out of people's mouths about what daily life is like mm -hmm. in partnership, mm -hmm. what daily life is like in family life or just working together or starting a relationship together and how that influences the sexual relationship between people because it's all one big soup. It's all in the same pot, and I think people think they're compartmentalized, and everyone's very confused when after you get married or you've been with someone for a long time or you can still really love someone and not have, like, mind-blowing sex or have things that aren't working. And, and that really confuses people because we've been sold a load of BS that... Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if you're pretty enough and good enough and sweet enough, eventually they'll notice and choose you and want to always have sex with you. And then you get married and that will just stay that way forever. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it, I, I think sex is like a wave. It's always this fluid energy that's in motion. And sometimes it's still and quiet and the relationship, it's not the number one priority because mm -hmm. you're focusing on other things. And then there are other times where it's really strong and it's, it's fun and you ride those waves. But if, if we try to make it a fixed state, like we should always want each other at the exact same time mm -hmm. <laughs> in the exact same way. <laughs> We're all screwed, yeah. <laughs> but not <laughs> because it's impossible. It's yeah. just, it's just modern life cannot sustain this ridiculous idea that we should always be in lust and want for someone that we're in the muck of life with. That's right. just the muck of life. Isn't sexy. Right. It's not no. erotic. No. It's, it's, it's the muck. Right. It is no fun. You want a partner, but that doesn't always mean that at the end of the muck, you want to rip each other's clothes off. Right. Also, you just want to go to bed. You want to go to bed. <laughs> totally. Okay. So let's talk about being a mother, which ah. I'm not, but let's talk about being a mom and having a baby and then being interested in sex and also feeling sexy enough to have Ooh. sex. Like, how can you tell us, like, tell how, us about that? how much time you got? <laughs> well, okay. So I think when you're, you are together and you don't have children, 
you have some free time, you have some space, you have your own identity, and all those things are very conducive to a more electric physical relationship. And then mm-hmm. you have children. And you know, when you're a woman, even if you're in a partnership, you're still sort of looking in the mirror and being like, that's right, girl. I got it. I yeah. got these out and I'm, I'm someone. And you know, you, you know yourself as like a sexual person because mm-hmm. you're, you're just that woman or that, that man that that person was drawn to. And then you become a parent and all of a sudden, you know, for women, your body literally just, what the, <laughs> I don't, it's unreal. I was on bed rest for six months. Wow. My body went to places <laughs> that I didn't even know. I, I mean, it's insane. And everyone tells you that. And then you go through it and you watch your body do these incredible things. And you, you love it on this fierce level because you didn't know it could literally create something and like go to the depths of hell and back to bring it to to manifestation. And then the very second it's out, you're like, and now I'm going to feed you and not sleep for the rest of my life. It's insane. But women do it. And then immediately we're supposed to be like back, back in a size two. Right. And I mean, even just this, I don't, I saw a show the other day that was celebrating very attractive pregnant women. Mm-hmm. And it's like a reality show that promotes like mm. how hot, a, like you can be when you're pregnant. And I just kept thinking, that's not what we need. We don't <laughs> now need to be hot while we're pregnant. I mean, what, you know, so it's, it's becoming this this own rite of passage as women to be mothers and to be sexy while we're mothers and then be sexy after we've been mothers and we're still having sex now that we've had mo- now that we've kids and nothing's changed but it does change mm-hmm. it all changes mm-hmm. when something is pulling at your boobs all day mm-hmm. and it's not your partner mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do when your partner wants to pull your boobs <laughs> is, let, is let them, is let them. <laughs> mostly you just want to swat them away <laughs> you know and then you feel guilt i think so many people feel guilt and shame because they don't have it they don't have the drive that it's changed it's not that they don't love their partners they 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 love their partners they just are tired or they don't have the same level of sex drive or they're stressed or they're depressed or they don't have the same libido mm-hmm. and then and then there's all you know people take it personally do you not want me do you not like me then the, there's just so much unspoken trauma that's happening right. in the sexual lives of people mm-hmm. that everyone doesn't know how to sort through and so most people, I think the majority of people, especially in America, where we're we're pretty repressed around sexuality. Right. So we're repressed, really. We're we're pretty repressed. In, okay. I think in this I mean, we're a very new country. Mm-hmm. We were formed on Christian ideals. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a Christian faith that mm-hmm. taught abstinence until marriage. And, you know, I grew up around a lot of I would say older ideas around sexuality and I think that we're wrestling with those things as a new nation. You know, we're very divided in in all sorts of things, in new ways and old ways. And I think, you know, 200 years ago, if you came out as gay, you were killed. Mm -hmm. And now you can love who you want to love and be Mm -hmm. who you want to be with. Mm -hmm. And, And there's many ways to be in a relationship. There's many ways to form a sexual relationship. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a wide spectrum of the ways people show up. Right. So I just feel like if nothing else, can we just say this? Can we just start saying those things to, to tell people, hey, you know, mothers, it's okay that you don't want to sleep with 
your partners when you're raising children. It's it, I get it. And and fathers or husbands or partners, I feel for you feeling rejected and feeling second fiddle to the kids and and not wanting to cheat, but also like not not what else to do besides looking at porn and then feel bad that you're looking at porn. And Mm -hmm. then, and then, you know, everyone's, everyone's doing the best they can. I think Mm -hmm. it's not like we all, we all want to be having sex. Right. And we're all feeling bad about not having it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a personal problem. It's a collective problem. It's a structural problem. It's Mm -hmm. outdated ideas. And I just don't think we've caught up to that yet. Okay. What would some advice be for the person out there in whatever relationship they're in that may have these feelings of, I don't want to have sex with my partner. Um, it's weird between us. Or maybe mm-hmm. they did have a child and they're listening to this and they're like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some steps they can take? What are some things they can do? Okay. Well, I am a therapist. So my first step would be, I think everyone um, needs to go into their sexual history and see if there's any kind of trauma there. Mm. Um, sometimes we inherit trauma, like maybe we had a parent who had some sexual trauma and that showed up energetically in our, in our life. And we don't even know that. So so people who have anxiety around sex, right? So if you say the word sex and the whole room is filled with anxiety, suddenly (laughs) you you feel that as a child, right? You feel that like, Oh, sex is bad. We're not supposed to talk about sex. Oh, Oh, sex. Oh, okay. Crap. So then when you go into a marriage and all of a sudden someone says, Hey, you want to have sex? And you're like, anxiety. Where's that from? Absolutely. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Do you know how long it took me to figure that out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. And it wasn't just sex. It okay, was but let's say even like saying like a partner, something a, a about dad your who's gay. What about something? what if you had a dad or a mom who was gay? Right. But in the 70s or 60s, that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. So were they sleeping in separate bedrooms? Mm-hmm. Was there affection in your home? Like you first have to say, where did I learn about sex? sex? Where did I learn about being sexual? What were the messages to women or to men Mm -hmm. about sexuality? If I'm, if I was gay and I was born in a religion that thought that that was not okay, Mm -hmm. what are my feelings around my sexual exploration and growth and coming of age? Is it filled with shame and guilt? Am I feeling not worthy? Am I feeling undesirable? Wow. So there's just so much in there we're not even aware of. Oh my gosh, of. I feel like everybody has some everyone sort of trauma. Everyone has sexual trauma. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Everyone I can, I can relate Our country's in sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, look at our country. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not, no one's having sex. Not only is no one having, <laughs> part of the reason no one's having sex is because there's a bunch of sexual trauma that's not being talked about or being dealt with. Right. And then pushing you get, it down. You get married, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to have it anymore because mm-hmm. you're not trying to get someone anymore. It's right. locked down. It's so locked then down. all of your attachment stuff and your fear of intimacy stuff and all the other things that get in the way of true, genuine, physical, and emotional and spiritual connection, which in, in my mind is, is what sex is, mm-hmm. it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And you can't ever get someone close enough to you to really get into the the fun stuff, right? The, the fun stuff, because I think, you know, I want to, one of, one of my goals in life is to promote healthy sexuality. And I think the first thing that needs correcting is, is the idea that it's going to be the same every time. It's going to be great every time. It has to look this particular way. It has to be this particular way. Right. Every way has to be monogamous. Right. Every way has to be like, 
there's many ways to make a pie. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's consensual with adults and it's respectful and it's you're communicating, it's, it's really play in, in its highest form with someone mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. It's just play, trust, there. trust, closeness, right. connection. Mm -hmm. I mean, when someone's seeing you naked, forget it. You're like, you're, you're in it. You, yeah. you, you have a closeness with them that you won't have with anyone else. And I don't think it's something that we should take lightly. I don't think it's something that we should just mess around with because it can create so much trauma yeah. so quickly. Right. And most people that come into my office have a backload of experiences or relationships or, or childhood things that they've just never been able to speak out loud and have buried so deep mm. in them that they're not aware of it. And all they know is that they just don't ever want to have sex. Wow. So Kelly, I need some advice for someone that I know. They were married for over 15 years, had a few children, but she never had an orgasm. Never. Mm. In her whole marriage. Mm. Right. And that was her first, obviously her first and everything. So um, they had since divorced. She's moved on. Mm -hmm. And now she knows what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and now she knows. And now she knows. So. I and I think this is a not I have heard that story. story. I was going to say, do you story. hear that a lot? Because you know, I think people that you know wait and have one partner, mm -hmm. um, they might experience this a lot. Yes, um, help them out. <laughs> <laughs> How can they reach orgasm? I'm, I'm I'm literally looking at all the roads in front of me. And I'm like, do you want like literal instructions? Or like, no. <laughs> Well, first no. of all, let's let's break it down in a kind way because I think this is yeah. a super sensitive topic for, sure. for women and for so men. And for here's anyone. the thing: the pressure to orgasm mm -hmm. is like the elephant in the room mm -hmm. in every sexual encounter, right? And that's the first problem mm -hmm. that there's a goal before you've even started. Got it. So that's a lot of pressure. Yes, right. And then. Knowing your body well enough to know all the buttons to push hmm. is its own kind of homework. Okay. So I would first say get to know your own buttons. Amazing. And push them. And it's okay to touch those and buttons. And it's, in my opinion, it is okay in the safety of your own home mm -hmm. with your own car to pull the levers and draw the keys and put the seats back or whatever it is. Right. So that you know it and you're connected mm -hmm. to it and it feels safe and you rely on it. Mm. Because what happens is you end up in situations where you're not connected to it. You don't have its back and you end up doing things that hurt the car, damage the car. Right. Aren't good. And aren't good. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. I actually, I love telling everyone about this book that, has been a big eye-opener for me. It's called Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life. It's by this woman, Emily Nagoski. She has a PhD and she studies female sexuality, which is under-researched. Mm. There's been lots of research in male sexuality, surprisingly, mm -hmm. not as much about females. So there is a difference between how women are aroused, how women experience sexuality than how men. And one of the exercises that she talks about is 
sort of red light, green light. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that, you know, when, when we're exposed to something sexual, something in our brain kind of alerts itself, (laughs) right? Right. Like ding, 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 ding. So depending on what our experiences were, it either pushes the gas pedal, like, Ooh, Ooh. Okay. Mm, A little gas there. I like that. Okay. Right. Or it goes (gasps) break, break, break. Break, break. Uh Okay. So if you have sexual trauma or if you grew up in like a sexually closed family or tradition or something, something where there was anxiety around that. And then, then, you know, you're watching a movie with your parents and the word sex comes on all of a sudden it's. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Where if like, you know, you've been more fluid or whatever and you see boobs on the TV, maybe you don't freak out as much right. or maybe that's a gas pedal for some people. So so you're trying to figure out like, where are my brakes? Where's my gas pedal? Mm. Where? And, and then if I am braking, why am I braking? Mm-hmm. Is that because of something that's happened? Is it because something that, that I'm excited afraid. about? Oh, yeah. You could be excited. You I could be, be excited. I could be afraid. I could be curious. Mm-hmm. I could, so her recommendation is to breathe through some of that. And that's a lot of self-work and self-exploration and really noticing when you're with your partner. And self-work is so important. Self-work is so important. It's so important just to like love on yourself, just to really have your own back and get connected into your body. I think we're so disconnected from mm-hmm. our physical form because mm-hmm. we feel so much guilt and shame around pleasure. We feel so much, so much guilt and shame. Oh my gosh. So much guilt and shame. We are just shaming all over ourselves. We're shooting all over ourselves. And anytime that's in the bedroom, forget it. That's yeah. not fun. No, so much, so many people are having sex and then feeling tons of guilt and shame right after it. So it's this sick cycle where the second you have it, you feel bad and then you can't resist it because the more you resist something, the more it persists. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a, something we've been wrestling with since the beginning of time. Right. It's not like, you know, we've been Puritans our whole whole lives. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Kelly, please give us a little bit of advice here. Just wrap up something really quickly for us. Light your own spark. Okay. Light your own spark. It's not anyone's job to turn you on. You got to turn yourself on. Hmm. Very cool. You you keep your fuels burning. Okay. You know, I mean, this is lame, but sometimes, like, if I'm alone at night, I'll be like, I'm going to pull in some laundry and I'm going to walk around to, you know, Nina Simone and I'm going to pretend like it's the night, whatever. I can feel myself. You just want to. Feel- just for myself. Yeah. Just for myself. I love that. I think that when you start holding your partner responsible for making you feel attractive and sexy, you're setting yourself up for failure. Wow. Because you're attracted to people's light. It doesn't matter what size they are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they like, like look like. People, mm-hmm. people want to be drawn to energy and chemistry and connection and closeness. And if you're in your true self and your heart and your light, it's fine. Wow. Kelly, you are... Again, you're a magical <laughs> being and you're a magical being. I just am so glad you had this conversation with me oh. because I think a lot of people needed to hear it. Thank you. I'm just honored to share it. Just please help. please come back. Thanks. Anytime. Okay. I love you, girl. Love you. Thanks. If you'd like to leave any comments for Kelly on the website, it's www.thelittlebitpodcast.com. She will be happy to address any other questions in future podcasts. And we are so grateful that you joined us today. The Little Bit Podcast is recorded and produced 
by me, Joni Sprague, in Orange County, California. Be a patron. Go to www.patreon.com slash the little bit podcast so you can help us make more amazing podcasts just like this one.